Hi, this is David and Barbie Cooper. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's always a privilege to share this time with you. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. And for more information and resources to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, go to mountperrin.com. Thank you for your generous support. It helps the ministry greatly. What's your greatest fear? Today in our study of the book of Hebrews, we're gonna deal with our fears. We're gonna look at Hebrews chapter two, verse 14 through 18, when the writer of Hebrews talks about our greatest fear. Fear is the greatest emotional battle we all face. Sometimes our fears are real and consequently they're justified. But most of our fears are imaginary, causing us unnecessary anxiety and worry. While fear comes in many forms, the greatest fear is the fear of death. Psychology suggests that the fear of dying or what some philosophers have called the fear of non-being is the underlying cause of all anxiety. The good news is that death died at the resurrection of Jesus. He rose again from the dead to guarantee us eternal life. And this is the greatest promise of Jesus to us, his power to give us eternal life. Jesus said, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son of God and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day, John 6 and 40 tells us. The book of Hebrews helps us overcome our greatest fear. Now let's remember that Hebrews was written to early Christians. They were facing the persecution of the Roman government. They lived in frightening times but the greatest fear was the fear of death. And some of them faced imprisonments. And as we know, some were even martyred. So he writes to us about conquering our greatest fear. And if we can conquer our greatest fear, then we can use the same lessons of faith to conquer every fear. Well, the first thing he tells us about the fear of dying is that Jesus broke the power of death. You know, when you break something, you've pretty much rendered it ineffective. So that word is very, very important, that he broke the power of death. Death is real, but it has no real power over us. So the writer of Hebrews says here in verse 14, since the children, that's you and me, have flesh and blood, he, Jesus, shared in their humanity. Why did he do this? So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. This one verse is filled with so much meaning. First of all, it tells us that Jesus, the eternal son of God, came into the world, born of the Virgin Mary, shared our humanity to give his life on the cross and to rise again, to atone for our sins, to guarantee us eternal life. What a powerful and beautiful phrase. Jesus shared our humanity. You know, just a little later, the writer of Hebrews will remind us in Hebrews 4 and 15 that Jesus is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So he came into this world, he shared our humanity, and he experienced death for us. And he did this to break the power of death, the authority of death the power of death to separate us from God. That power is now broken. When we die, our soul appears before God in heaven. 
Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there he's writing specifically about the process of dying. Nobody wants to die. Everybody worries about dying. We grieve when we lose our loved ones and friends. But the reality is that death has been broken. The power of it has been broken. The finality of it has been broken. It is merely a doorway into eternity. We are eternal beings who live in a temporary body. And the power of death has been broken. And the writer of Hebrews gives us some spiritual insights. He said he broke the power of the one who holds the power, that is the devil. Now, evil is a great mystery, no doubt. But the Bible does tell us that there is a demonic power in the world. It calls him the devil, which means your adversary, your enemy. It calls him Satan, which means an accuser. He appears by many names, the tempter. None of us have ever seen him, but we see the impact of evil in the world. And the devil refers to evil and sin and its effects. The Bible says in Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when your sins are forgiven, your soul is eternally alive. Even when the body wears out, the soul returns to God. The devil has been defeated. Death has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. Evil has been defeated. We no longer have to live bound by sin and death. We can have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Jesus, he tells us, broke the power of death. There's nothing to fear. And second of all, he tells us that Jesus frees us from the fear of death. So he breaks the power of death because it's not permanent. It's not conclusive. It's not final. It's just a doorway into eternity. And when that power is broken in your life, then you can be free from the fear of death. Now, the power of death and the fear of death are two different things because we're all afraid of things that are not real. As kids, we're often afraid of the dark. That's one of the main fears of children. I remember having that fear as well, always wanting some light in the room. To be honest with you, I still like some light in the room. But we know there's nothing in the dark to frighten us. But when we're kids, the dark frightens us. We imagine what might be in the dark. We wake up and turn the lights on to find out everything's okay. So fears are often imaginary. And our fear of death is imaginary. It's a childish fear. But when we grow up in faith, and we begin to realize, I'm born again through faith. I'm a new creation in Christ. My soul, my spirit is eternally alive then we know that when physically our time comes, that we'll step into the presence of God. When the power of death is broken in your life, then you can be delivered from the fear of death. And so he says that Jesus came to break the power of him who held the power of death, that is the devil, and to free us, to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. What strong language that fear is a form of emotional slavery. And Jesus came to free us 
All of us, all our lives, we live in the fear of death. But he came to free us from the slavery in our lives, the emotional slavery and anxiety that comes from our fear of dying. He tells us that fear is slavery. The fear of death is emotional bondage. You know, the apostle Paul uses the same language about fear in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. He says, God has not given you the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You can also translate that God has not given us a spirit of slavery, a spirit, an attitude, a mindset that makes you a slave to fear because Jesus conquered death for us. We can be free from the fear of death. We are free from death. And when it comes to all of us, and Jesus, remember, said, if you believe in him, you'll never die. In John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he made the statement, he or she who lives in me and believes in me shall never die. And even though you may fear it as a Christian, whenever that moment comes in your life, when you wake up in the presence of God and see the glory to come, you're gonna realize finally you had nothing to worry about. And that faith in Jesus and that understanding of the promise of eternal life frees us from the slavery of the fear of death. And all fear is a form of emotional bondage. And we don't have to live in any fear. If you can conquer your greatest fear, then you can conquer every fear. If you're free from the fear of dying, you can be free from the fear of living and facing issues and crisis and the difficulties of life at times. And stop worrying about all the possible things that might happen. Imagine all the worst possible possibilities that spiral around and around in your mind. You get obsessed with them and think, well, this might happen and that might happen. And we listen to the news and it terrifies us. We feed those fears. But God is with you. You're children of God. God has taken care of your future. You can use the same faith to rest assured that God will take care of the present of your life today. Well, the final great truth that he reminds us of is that the reason all this is possible is because Jesus atoned for our sins and he provided eternal life. Now, many people try to work for eternal life. They, they try to make themselves good and moral and follow some religion, but eternal life is a gift. It's a work of God's grace and spirit in the human soul that recreates us in the image of God, that gives us a new creation. All this is possible because Jesus atoned for our sins. Sin is the thing that brought death. God told Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, according to the book of Genesis, the first story of the Bible, not to disobey him. And he said, in the day that you sin, that you disobey, you will die. Death entered the world at the fall of Adam and Eve. Everything on this planet dies. Trees, animals, people, the, the earth itself is in a state of decay. Things die, they wear out. But Jesus came to free us from our sins and the guilt and to save our souls from eternal death to give us eternal life. The Bible talks about the second death in Revelation 20, verse six. It says that we are delivered from the second death. The blessed are those, Jesus said, over whom the second death has no power. 
What is the second death? Well, it's the death of the soul. It's eternal death. Physical death is the first death. But the soul is eternally alive. The soul is not going to die. That's what it means to be born again. Your soul, your spirit is eternally alive. And so when the body wears out, the spirit returns to the God who gave it. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 7 says. And all this is possible because Jesus atoned for our sins. If he doesn't forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from our sins, our sins will destroy us. The second death, destroy our souls. He goes on to tell us here, for this reason, the free is from the fear of death. For this reason, he, Jesus, had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in his service to God. And that he, Jesus, might make atonement for the sins of the people. Look at that. That's why Jesus came, to make an atonement for the sins of the people, of all people, to atone for your sins and for mine. Because he himself, Jesus, suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. And many of you today are being tempted to live in the fear of death. But you don't have to because Jesus has atoned for your sins. He's a merciful and faithful high priest. You know, the, the ancient Israelites had a high priest that served. But he was a type pointing to Jesus, the one who ministers to us, the one who intercedes for us. The high priest would make an offering out in the courtyard once a year called the Day of Atonement, but Jesus offered himself. He's merciful and he's faithful to us. And he made atonement. The word atonement means two things. It means to cover sins so that we're not embarrassed and ashamed. And it also means to take them away and to take the judgment away so that we have mercy. So he not only takes away the actual sins and covers them and cleanses them, he takes away the penalty and the punishment that comes with sin, the judgment that comes with sin. And Jesus made the atonement. You know, no religious leader in the world ever claimed to be able to make atonement. Atonement comes from God. Sometimes people talk about atoning for our sins, but we can't atone for our sins. We can repent of our sins. But we can't atone for our sins. We don't have the power to make an atonement. The sacrifice in the Old Testament didn't make an atonement. They pointed to the atonement of Jesus. At Calvary, he covered the sins of the world. At Calvary, he took away the judgment of God against sin. And because he made that atonement for you and has covered your sins and cleansed you, he's taken away the penalty of sin, which is death. So you don't need to fear death. He's able to help us when we're tempted to fear. And today, if you're bound by fear, underneath it all is that fear of dying, the fear of not existing, the fear of wondering what's beyond this side of eternity. And today, he can help you with that fear. You know, Jesus often times referred to himself by certain names and based on situations. The day he stood at Lazarus' tomb and called his friend Lazarus, come out. And the people there saw this amazing, miraculous power to bring Lazarus back from the dead after he'd been dead for four days. What did he say about himself? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were to die, yet shall he live. And he that lives and believes in me shall never die. And today, if you believe his promise, 
you can overcome your greatest fear. If you can overcome your greatest fear, you can overcome every fear. Would you join me for a prayer? I want to pray for divine deliverance today in your life from fear. Lord Jesus, we praise you that you are the resurrection and the life. I pray that every person who's heard this teaching today will put their faith in you and be free not only from sentence and effects, but the fear that comes with it. I pray, Lord, that facing today anxious situations, situations that make them worry, I pray today that they'll know that you, the same Savior who has secured their future, will also preserve them and provide for them and protect them in the present. Holy Spirit, today may there come a miracle of divine deliverance from our greatest fear in Jesus' name. Walk by faith today. Don't walk by fear. Remember, the things you're afraid of, even research tells us most of these things will never happen. Let me encourage you to follow me on social media. We can share the Word of God together. I can share ministry updates on the church with you and things that will bless your life. And I want to ask you to also subscribe to my sermon podcast. And sometimes we have exclusive teachings and so forth that you only get there. You can go to your digital music outlet, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, whatever your digital provider is. Just click on David Cooper, Pastor David Cooper. You'll see the podcast. Just subscribe right there. You'll get the messages, the teachings, and you can always share them with others and be a blessing to them. I want to thank you for being a part of the Mount Parrot family, wherever you are today, whether you live here in Atlanta, you're actively involved on campus, or you're somewhere across the United States, around the world. I consider you part of our church family. I want to thank you for your partnership in ministry, your gracious and generous support of the ministry. And I look forward to worshiping with you this Sunday on the Lord's Day. Have a great day. I trust the message has been an encouragement to you today. Remember to follow us on social media and connect with us at mountperrin.com. I'll see you right here next week for a fresh message from God's Word.